welcome to Ego Netcast. I am Martin Lindeskog. Hi, Nikki French. Hello, Martin. How are you? I'm fine. Yourself? Yes, I'm really good, thank you. Yes, having a having a good day already. Yeah, great, great to hear. What are you thinking about? What's on your um, mind? Well, I've not long come back from shopping. I I had to go and buy some milk because I was running out of milk for for my cups of tea and coffee and things for the day. Good. So yeah, and, and bought a few bits extra. So uh, I'm all I'm all fine and dandy for for just staying in and. Staying in our second lockdown that we're having in this yeah. country at the moment. Please be safe, and it, it's yeah. it's nice to hear your English words, dandy and marvelous, and so on. So <laughs> keep up, keep up that uh, attitude. So talking about exactly. milk into tea. What's your favorite tea? I have that instruction from Jonathan Dahl. So we could start with that already. Okay. Well, I I have a very organic food life. Mm. I I buy organic food all the time and I grow organic food. So my favorite my favorite for for buying tea is Clipper. There's a company mm. called Clipper yep. Organics and yep. uh so I buy their English breakfast tea. Mm. Um but I also I'm quite partial to a nice organic jasmine tea because then I don't have to add any milk. So mm-hmm. uh I do I do sometimes like a nice jasmine tea, but they're the only two I really like if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. the others aren't strong enough because I do like a really strong cup of tea. Yeah. Mm, that's good to hear, like a builder's tea. Yeah. So uh, great. So um... And talking about organic and also your own plants and so on. So that, that's good in this uh, lockdown time. What what do you grow? What kind of plants do you uh, have? So this year, I didn't expect to be growing anything this year because I was supposed to be on a theatre mm. tour. But mm-hmm. obviously that had to stop in March. So yeah. I took the opportunity to order some seeds from my, again, organic suppliers. And yeah. I have grown potatoes. Which yep. I've only just finished, actually. They they lasted me all the way through summer, and mm. uh, I have, still have onions out there. I have carrots out there. I've had beetroot. I've mm. had cucumbers, and what was the other thing? Oh, that's about it, really. But mm. mainly the potatoes have been wonderful. That was that was so nice to have. That's that's great to hear. So. And I did a search on you on on the internet on Google, Uh-oh. and I found yeah, yeah, impressive hundred twenty four thousand results, and it started Gosh. out with Wikipedia, one in English and one in Swedish uh, videos, right. your official website uh, nikifrench dot com. Uh, disc- Which needs graphic. updating. I need to warn everyone; it really needs updating at the moment. So, uh, yeah. yes, I will be updating could, that soon. As a new media ma- uh, advisor, we could talk about that. But I know that you have a great management uh, team behind you, a main do. stage there. So, I do. They will probably give you some uh, good, good hints there. But I think it looks looks uh, totally okay. It's, so, it looks okay. It's just a bit out of date. I need to put yeah. some things on there that are, are more relevant to now. But yes, my agent, Matt, just, he is so helpful with anything to do with computers because I'm not that great. So yeah, uh, yeah he he kind of takes over when I mess it all up. <laughs> He's yeah, done that a few all, times. <laughs> that's all good. 
So, but uh, yeah, it's it's in a way never ending story or uh, with your exactly. website. It's never it's never finished. So no, these times no. it's good to update. And I saw also you had an Instagram account that you have. Uh, Official one, but you haven't uh, posted anything there yet. But you had linked no, to your well, you, ah, now there's Twitter a story account. behind that. Yeah, I, please, I, please, the story if I you do, want to share. Well, yes, apparently I do have an Instagram account, but it was set up when I was working with Mike Stock back about four or five years ago. Yeah, and so his his team set up the Instagram account, and yeah. we just need to contact them and get the details because um, I have no idea what how to get okay. into it or anything. Yeah. So the login, yes. uh, exactly. and I know that it, it's so interacted uh, or, or intertwined. So Instagram is owned by Facebook, and it, it could be very easy to log in in your Instagram account when you have Facebook. But it could also be a jungle there, and you could it could mess up the whole thing. So Absolutely. it's good to take take care of that step by step. Another one that yeah. agent Matt can deal with. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Good to hear. So then you have uh, this site about all your songs, uh, and then uh, on on top here also on the first page is Spotify. So you're there too, and yes. then you yeah, and your uh, Facebook uh, account, and then. Yes. Uh, uh, as a fellow podcaster, you have been on a podcast called Pod, uh, Eurovision Legends. Uh, so could you tell about that? Yes. Um, was that the one with Emil? I I think so. I saw the search. Yes. And, uh, uh, yes. For, for the record, Nicky, I would, I would joke a bit now. And Jonathan knows about that. I'm not so much about Eurovision songs. Okay. But that's another time for another. But now, when I have the story, I want to I want to share a bit of memories and so on. So in 1980, do you remember one one contest there from Belgium? In 98. 1980. Yes, I, 1980. Oh goodness, yeah. that was a long time ago. Gosh, yeah. yes, I don't think I. Well, I was nothing to do with it. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 song almost came last. But they won in Belgium. It was TLX. And they right. won, uh, They had a song called Eurovision. And it was a yes. satire about the whole showbiz and the Eurovision contest. And, uh, and nowadays it has been very big. Yeah. Yes. So I thought that was funny. As in liking electronic music. Uh, so that's my take on it. But ah, it, it's okay. great that you could have a, pod, a podcast about everything. And here in Sweden, it's it's pretty big. Uh, you follow it like a, a drama. You, it's lots of uh, tabloids writing about it, it contests, and, and so on. And, well, and of course, we were ju- jumping is very back. Very big on Eurovision, so so yeah, you can't get yeah, away from it. With there. the history from from from, from Abba and so, I mean, absolutely, that's good songs and, and the history. But do you want to, to talk about that uh, when you did the Eurovision there in in Stockholm? Oh, absolutely. It's it's one of the proudest moments of my life. And I, I, I'm still very connected with many people to do with Eurovision in the UK. Mm, and uh, yeah. I, I co-host a, a thing called the London Eurovision Party every year where oh. we invite that wow. year's contestants to perform. And, mm. oh, I, I still have a, a huge love for everything to do with Eurovision. Um, and obviously... Mm. It was very exciting for me to perform in Stockholm because many, many Eurovision fans feel that Sweden is sort of 
the 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 main home of Eurovision really because oh, you put I, so much yeah. into it. You know, you have Melody yeah. Festival and that yeah, runs yeah. for months and months, <laughs> and it's it's a huge event over in Sweden. So it was a big honour to be singing in that country, and yeah. we were looked after so well. And I had such a great 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 time. And I've I've returned quite a few times for Pride events. Um, yep. in Stockholm as well. So, yeah, it's, it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. So so now uh, that's great to hear. So now I will get, uh, you know, probably angry emails from all kind of <laughs> from uh, parts here. But I'm joking now a, a little bit, pulling your leg. But that's great to hear that you have that experience. I'm coming from the other side of Sweden, and that's on, we call it the best coast or the west coast. So that's in Gothenburg, the second largest <laughs> city. Have you visit, uh, have the honor to visit uh, Gothenburg also on the west coast? Sadly, no. The only part of Sadly Sweden no. I've, I've visited so far is Stockholm. Yeah, but that's, I mean, the capital and the biggest city and so on. So so that's great to, to hear. And you're true about the Melody Festival and all the story, but I must say, and I'm not an expert on this, so I mean, I, I don't really have a say in this, <laughs> but I think I think England, together with, is it Germany and France, that's pay most of it, or the history-wise have correct. done That's correct, that's correct, yes. And the real word Eurovision, or the the song, Eurosong, it was like a format, like three, four, five minutes, and in a certain way, and the, the English and the Britain and United Kingdom to have to have all included, they they were mastering this. And for for many years, I remember. I mean, they won and won and won, and they did special songs for the contest. Yes. But then maybe late, later on, it was other. I I think the whole thing with uh, Eurovision is interesting to follow, like tactics and how different countries are voting for different songs and how it's like it, it's like a, a game in a way. So that's that. I think is interesting to follow along. So yeah. So yeah. So so yes. Yeah. So France, Germany, United Kingdom, yeah. Italy, and Spain are all part of the Big Five, as it's called, yeah. because they they do a sort of um, they they tend to fund yeah. most of the contest, yeah. and so their their sort of feedback on that is that they don't have to go through the semi-finals uh -huh, nowadays okay. so they, they automatically qualify for the final which i think is a shame mm. i think i think you know if it were even then uh, it would be good to have everybody having to compete to get into the final you know because the other countries kind of resent the fact that they automatically qualify mm. so so we we tend to not score so well but sometimes that's down to the song yeah. you know so uh, but but also yes there is kind of partisan voting it tends to be i think more to do with the fact the next door neighboring country yeah. will know the artist and they'll know that style of music mm. so it's the sort of thing that they're used to yeah. so yes it's not all political but there is a bit of political stuff yeah. in there of course but uh, it's it could be and for that way it could be interesting to follow and as i said i mean i'm all for it that you have an interest and passion and a bit of fun to 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 do it so uh, it's great yeah but, yeah and it's i mean when you're taking part yeah. it's 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 very very serious yeah. however 
Yeah, certainly in the United Kingdom, we tend to treat it as a bit of fun, yeah. as an audience. Mm. However, as I say, when you are the participant, it's a very serious business. And it, but it's it's a huge honour to represent your country at anything mm. is is such an honour. So uh, yeah, I, I have a huge love for the contest. So. Yeah, you're not you're not going to change my mind on that no, one. No, <laughs> and I'm not attempting to do that. But I mean, for the record, I had to say it because I mean, I, I say what I think. So it's it's funny to hear that, and and maybe some would have a giggle yeah. about that. So then we have to talk about that when you represent your country. How is it to represent your country when your last name, your surname, is uh, inspired by In France? Yes, you have done a fun thing about that. <laughs> Could, couldn't you tell the listeners about well, that? Well, oddly enough, the someone in promotions at the record company who released the single at the time back in 2000 had this idea of putting a banner on the CD that said "Back British by French." <laughs> yeah. So, and that that worked quite well. But it was, yeah, I, I it is my original name. Mm. It's my original surname. Yep. Um, I was born, you know, Nikki French or Nicola French. So, uh, yes, it's my maiden name. Then I'm married. I was I was actually married when when I did Eurovision. However, even my husband suggested to me that I kept the name French mm. as a as a professional name because it was what I was known by already. You know, I'd already built up a, a sort of reputation yep. in the music industry. And so there was no point changing it as a professional name. I mean, on, on legal documents, of course, but uh, in in professional stage, uh, you know, I, I've always been Nikki French. Mm. So there was no point changing it. But yes, it was um, the subject of a little bit of discussion, <laughs> let's say, when uh, when I was representing the United Kingdom as Nikki French. I think that's... But uh, it, all worked. Like, it all worked fine. Like guerrilla marketing. And then you you will be remembered. That's what I'm saying. And also when you search on, online, you have now a reputation and, and uh, content out there. So I think that's perfect to do that in that way. And Twitter, I like also yeah. your handle, Nikki Frenchy, and that you have that. Uh... Yes. <laughs> well, and, and funnily enough, it was actually another friend of mine known as Dr. Eurovision in the United <laughs> yeah. Kingdom, who he helped me set up the Twitter account. In fact, he set up the Twitter account mm. for me, let's be honest. And when he was trying to get my name, there was already someone that had the handle Nikki French. Yep. So he gave me the options. And when he said Nikki Frenchy, I jumped at it because I said, well, I'm known as Frenchy mm. a lot of the time. So, you know, to, to people that know me well, they call me Frenchy. Mm. So I thought, yep, yeah, that one will work. That one works for me. So that's that's how the Twitter handle got started. Great. Yeah. And I like to see you a bit active there and you retweeting things like the record label NDIs and, and the management. And, and also talking about the Eurovision songcast, it's Eurovision and Europe, but also Israel is there because they have a history. And now I think also Australia, isn't that true? Australia, are... Azerbaijan. Yes, there's a lot of yeah. <laughs> non-European countries in there. However, but... it's the European Broadcasting Company and Australia yeah. is a, it's a, a, a fringe member of the Europe. European broadcasting companies, so they're allowed to okay. be to be in there. And, it, and a huge market and interest. And I saw that you retweeted Kylie Minogue's uh, latest uh, album there now, uh, Disco, that I've uh, listened to. So that uh, that's great. 
<laughs> I don't know. I didn't know that I did retweet it. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Okay. <laughs> you have to talk about management about that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I it's will. A, good, a, a great album. And we'll talk about your album here soon also when I've gone through the list here. So then you had also a fandom page called Eurosong Contest Fandom on the first page. And then I went to DuckDuckGo, that's an alternative search engine, and there I found uh, inter- Internet Movie Database about you, and also all music. Uh, so you, you're covered here in, in different ways. Wow. And I have to share my memories, because one song is called Total Eclipse of a Heart. And I said, hmm, because without saying anything about our age, Nikki, we are about the same age. So... <laughs> So then I was thinking, mm, I, I think that song title, and then I'll start listening to now a, a mix by Matt Pop. I recognize this song. This was some time ago, <laughs> I said. And I, I think I remember some, you know, cassette tapes with mixed different songs and so on. So could you tell about that song, yes. Total Eclipse of a Heart? Yes. So I was approached by a friend of mine, John Springate, who actually wrote my Eurovision song. Mm-hmm. I had worked with him in, in in his studio back in the sort of early 1990s, late 1980s, recording demo tracks and things. And he contacted me one time to ask about recording a dance version of the classic song, Total Eclipse of the Heart. And at the at the mm. time, I wasn't very keen because I thought, well, a it, it's too much for me. It's it's too big a song, and b I mm. thought you can't mess with classics like that. No. Um, yeah. But I thought, well, give it a go. I might as well, and it worked, and so yep. it, it went well as, as selling it in the clubs as a, as a twelve inch disc. And then mm. Mike Stock and Matt Aiken, who had started their new company, loved this record. Mm-hmm. They got to hear it and decided that they wanted to work with me and release it on a more broad level, uh, on a more mainstream Mm -hmm. level. And uh, that's how the the big international hit became the big international hit it was, because uh, thanks to them, they, they sent it around the world. And, you know, it's given me a wonderful career in places like Brazil and in, in Europe generally. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful song to sing. You know, when I tried to sing it, it just fit, it just worked. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I'm very lucky to have that as my, as my kind of handle, really. You know, I, I do not sing a show without singing that song in there. So it's, and it's, it's a wonderful song to be associated with. So yeah, I'm very, very lucky to have that. That's great to hear. And uh, as I said, you had to have a long career as you have a, as long as Rosala that have been around for, she have been singing for 30 years, I think now. Yes. Yeah. Well, I started when I was um, 12 years old in a group, in a band. So uh, yeah, Mm. I've been, I've been singing Probably even longer than her now. So uh, yes, we're we're yeah. about the same age. But I think yes, I um been singing professionally since I I left college, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's been a wonderful. I'm I'm very very happy to have had the career I've had. I'm very lucky, uh, but I do put a lot of work into it. So <laughs> that's benefit. great to hear. Have you done anything together with Rosala? Any cooperation? Yes, I have. I've um, yes, I was in the studio with her 
very recently, actually, doing some backing vocals for her. Mm. And uh, yes, there's a few tracks on her new album, which um, is is not released yet, but it's nearly done. There's there's a few tracks where I've either done some vocal guidance with her in the studio or actually recorded backing vocals for her. So yes, yeah, we're good friends. She's a very very lovely lady. Yes, she is. And and thanks again, Jonathan, uh, listening to this. Jonathan Dahl for uh, getting uh, this podcast uh, episode together. And that was episode one one o five hundred and five. So yeah, that's that's great to hear. How would you uh, <laughs> label yourself? I know it's hard, but uh, if if you go there back in the day when you go to the record store and vinyl, you had different categories because you have probably done all kind of styles and music and songs. But uh, what would you if you introduce somebody to your to your work? What would you say then? Oh gosh. Well, I like to sing lots of different styles, but I guess I'm best known for pop dance, dance pop, whatever you like to call it. But I love Mm. singing ballads, so I could go into the easy listening section. I actually, a lot of people think I've got quite a rocky voice. So on certain songs, I could probably be put into the rocky section. Yeah. But generally, it's sort of pop, dancey pop, that sort of thing. But as I say, I like to sing a different selection of of, of styles. And I even, you know, I even do musical theatre now. So, yeah, so I, I, I sing, you know, songs from The Sound of Music, if necessary, or things okay. like that. So, yeah, wow. I, have a, I have a soprano voice. So, uh, wow. yeah, yeah. So, so in, in classical music, I, I would be soprano yeah. on a good day. Mezzo-soprano, not so good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, so lots of different styles. So, yeah, just put... Put something of everything in each in each category. <laughs> that's that's great. What what do you listen to to yourself when you want to listen to? Again, to a complete mixture. Sometimes I'll listen to songs from shows, from musicals. Other times I will listen to people like, uh, I guess, Faith Hill, Karen Carpenter, Bruno Mars. The Osmonds. I'm I'm very old school. I like I like I like harmonies. I'm a huge harmonies mm-hmm. person, so anyone that does lots okay. of harmonies is is good for me. Yeah, that's good. And and you're talking to a person that's not musical at, at all in a way. I can't play any instrument. I can't sing. I can't dance. I too left feet. <laughs> but I enjoy music and all kind of a spectrum. As I said, my my grown up in a way with I mean Beatles and other things like yeah. that, but also swing, yes, and big band, yes, and also classical. And then I enter the electronics or a synthesizer music yeah, so i've listened to lots of that and it's interesting with uh, apple music that you could they recognize uh, your uh, pattern and your history and what you listen to and they give you lots of good ad- uh, suggestions there so i think that's uh, pre- pretty neat to find out new new things in a good way so you have one uh, new song here and uh, that was coming around halloween so that may be a fitting <laughs> Haunted Haunted Heart. Heart. Could you tell about it? Yes. So uh, this was written, co-written by a gentleman in the United States called Gordon Pagoda and a a lady called Gloria Sklerov and Michael Woodrum were the other writers. I was first in contact with 
Gordon back in the early 2000s. He'd written a song called On Your Marks Get Set Go Away, which went on to my last album and is actually the most um, popular song on that album by by streets it's 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 so far ahead of all the others on downloads and he recently well I say recently about a year or so ago sent us Haunted Heart and another song which I won't say the title of because we don't have it back yet from the um from the remixes mm-hmm. but uh yeah he sent us Haunted Heart and I immediately I heard it I thought oh I like that I'd like to I'd like to try singing this so we got the okay from him and uh, because of lockdown and because of covid everything's been slightly delayed but we had a meeting with the record company on 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 um, the internet uh, a few months ago and someone suggested look why don't we just try releasing something because people are getting bored of staying at home all day long they want something new so we thought okay we've got all the mixes ready let's put out haunted heart let's leave it till around halloween time because although it's not a song about halloween it kind of the title lends itself to the to the season and it's been very 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 well received and we we did a, a little video for it and shot it so that it it's in black yeah, and white, it. so it's I even more it. scary. Yeah. I'm very yeah. close up, so it's very, very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a it's a <laughs> a lovely song to sing, and as I say, people have really taken mm-hmm. to it very, very well. So yeah, that's that's great. And as I say, we we have I, I recorded three tracks this time last year, so they're all ready, and we've been working during lockdown. We've been working on new tracks for another album that potentially is scheduled for release next year uh middle of next year uh so yeah so so we're getting on we're getting on quite well i mean we're now in another lockdown so we can't go to the studios but um Mm. we've got a fair way through we've got about half the album already already under our belts which is great that's great to great to hear so yeah, and talk about all kind of songs that you have done. How how do you come up with the song? Is it like an experience? Is it some some idea that you come up with or a collaboration, whatnot? It's different things. I mean, with me, because there's there's none at the moment that I've written on on the potential new album. I may get on to writing some, but um, I. At the moment, I'm relying on other people, and and we've been sent some wonderful tracks. So I guess you'd have to yeah. ask them what what uh, sort of inspiration they yeah. go with. But um, I, I do like to choose songs with decent mm. lyrics, but mainly with a decent tune. I, 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 the tune grabs yeah. me first. You know, if it's got good lyrics, but I'm not bothered about the tune, I'm not going to go for it. So so the two together works well for me and if the tune is good then that is what grabs me first of all and then I just do my own thing Mm. to it I then work out lots and lots and lots of backing vocals because that's 
that's my that's my forte really i i spend so long doing the backing vocals in a studio and then right at the end i put on the lead so you know it's uh it's it's i love doing backing vocals i love 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 doing them so i spend so much time doing those and then sort of run out of time to do the lead but no i i i usually go back in mm. with a fresh ear to do the lead but i like to get the backing down first and then i feel like it's more a production so yeah i it's i it's usually to do with the tune that grabs me first mm. um, and that has to grab me. And then I will say, oh, I'd like to record this, please. So, yeah, it's it's a team effort, though. It's it's between me and my agent and the record company. We, we usually sort of, you know, he gets the songs in, sends them to me. We both make notes on what we think of them and, and then collaborate and usually Matt and I tend to agree on on our on our reactions to certain songs and then uh, whichever ones we've gone with we send to the record company and get their approval and then I go in the studio and record them hmm. it's going around and round so it's exactly. interesting how you said with the tune because you you mentioned Brazil and market there And I like bossa nova music that was popular in the 50s, like with uh, Brazilian uh, artists there. Uh, and now it's about the name again, but uh, I will come. He, he did a performance together with Frank Sinatra, um, oh. and a great singer also. Uh, yeah. And I will include that in the show notes. But that's in Portuguese, and I don't know Portuguese. Or, or, so, no, so, I have but, recorded but, yeah, this I, I like the, the melody there, yeah. Yeah, I have recorded in Spanish, but not yeah. yet Portuguese. But um, my Portuguese is very limited. But when I yeah. go to Brazil, I, I just love it. It's my favorite place to go. Okay, I, I love the reaction I get over there. I work with a live band when I'm over there, and it's it's wonderful. And the enthusiasm that the audiences show. And of course, I started working over there in the mid-1990s. So the people that were following mm. me then, they still come to my shows over there. But of course, they now have children. And I've I've performed mm. at many society weddings over there because the people that mm -hmm. were following me are now sort of married with children and so on. And it's wonderful over there. And their favorite song of mine is one called Did You Ever Really Love Me, which is very okay. well known by other people as my favorite song that I've ever, ever recorded. So when I go over there and I sing it, it's just heaven. I love it. That's great. Yeah. So nice, nice to hear and uh, see how, how you can have these different reactions yeah. and also get, get popular in, in different ways. So that's uh, fascinating. Is it anything else that you want to say about your future plans or something that you can, uh, could tell about? Or Well, as I say, I was, I was working yeah. on a theatre show called Menopause the Musical 2. It was a comedy, but a comedy musical. And we were having such a fabulous time sort of between January and March. And then, of course, everything had to stop in March because of COVID. But we do have plans to return in the new year it was going to be january at the moment it's rescheduled for march onwards but we all there, there were five of us in the cast there were four of us on stage and our understudy stroke director who we just cannot wait to get back 
onto the road and get back into shows and, you know, bring some enjoyment to people and bring some laughter into everyone's lives again, because the show was going fantastically well. And I really do miss it because I love doing, I love doing theatre. I love doing live theatre. And it was, you know, it's an area that I've moved more into in the last few years. And I was having so much fun. So, yeah, I cannot wait to get back to that as well as, you know, recording the new tracks and so on. But uh, obviously I'll need to get the new album finished before starting the tour again because there won't be any time once I'm on yep. the tour. That's great. So, yeah, I'm glad glad to hear that. You have plans and are working, working along. So so yeah. where could uh, the listeners find you in cyberspace, Nikki? <laughs> in cyberspace. So I do have a couple of Facebook pages. One's the official one and one is more personal. I've also got Nikki Frenchy, as you said, on Twitter. There is the website, NikkiFrench.com. Or you can go to my agent's website, which is Main Stage Management, and uh, you'll, you'll get information from there as well. Plus, Energize Records, who the tracks are all released through, you know, they've always got information on me as mm -hmm. well. And if you want any, any of my back catalogue, that's where you go to. So, yeah, I'm all over the internet, it seems. <laughs> you can't get away well, from me. That's great to hear. So, yeah. So, with that, I, I thank you very much, uh, Nikki, and uh, we'll talk. Well, thank you so much. It's been lovely chatting to you, and uh, I would like to give my love to all the people in Sweden as well, <laughs> because it's it's a very, very special place for me. So, um Yeah, thank you so much, and and thank you for the interview. It's great, and uh, as I said, I say likewise about uh, England and especially London. So, thanks, thanks for that, uh, Nikki. Thank you.